Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. The reading this morning is Psalm 46, which is on page 570 in the Church Bibles. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Graham. Good morning, everyone. It's very good to see you here today. We're looking at Psalm 46. If you have a Bible, the Church Bibles, it's page 570. I think you'll find it a help to have that reading open as we go. Why don't I pray? Our Father in heaven, we thank you that there is a refuge in the storm for us. And I pray now, as we look at your word, that you would speak to us. Please, would you grow faith in us? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we remember the men and women who have laid down their lives to protect our freedom. And the cost is almost beyond comprehension. After World War I, the Great War, there were only 53 parishes across the whole country, across the thousands of parishes, only 53 that did not need to set in place a memorial to remember those who had died from that parish. Of the six million men and women who fought in that war, one in eight were killed from this country, and one in four were physically wounded. Although, of course, not all wounds are the kind that you can see. And let's not remember the families, the friends left devastated. And so, of course, it is right that today we remember that we honor those who have served us in such costly ways. But even as we remember, I wonder how we feel on days like today. 
Yes, there'll be thankfulness. That's absolutely right. But I wonder if it also feels just a little bit uncomfortable. If I'm honest, there's a, a part of me that, that doesn't want to have to remember the violence, the evil, the suffering, the heartache. We don't want our world to be like that. We want our world to be safe, peaceful. And to remember, well, it forces us to face up to the fact that our world is not safe. The Great War was not the final war. Since World War II, the British Army has been involved in at least 20 further conflicts around the world. Since 1945, there have been only two years when a British soldier hasn't been killed in active service. And today I know that we are joined by many friends from Ukraine with us today who know very well the terrible impact of war. And so on days like today, as we are confronted with the reality of just how unsafe our world is, I guess one temptation is to want to bury our heads in the sand, to just move on as quickly as possible from this moment. But as we engage with it, another temptation perhaps is to give in to despair, uh, to wonder if our world will ever be a safe place to live, to be overwhelmed by what our world is like. Well, Psalm 46 will be a great help for us. The psalmist, he does not bury his head in the sand. He is very honest about the reality and the danger of the world he lives in. And yet also he does not despair because he points us to the place, to the one who is a true refuge and a true source of peace. Our world is not safe, but first we see this morning, the Lord is a refuge in the present. Let's pick it up in verse 1 of Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. We don't know what trouble the psalmist was facing. It may well have been some national crisis, some invading army like the Assyrians or the Babylonians. They were big threats to the people of God back in the day. Or it may have just been a more personal turmoil, a sickness, a sorrow, a suffering. We don't know the exact circumstances, but what is clear, this crisis was overwhelming for the psalmist. Verse 2. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. What is the most stable, the most secure thing that we can think of? Certainly not uh, the British economy at the moment. What about mountains? They're massive. They've been around for ages and ages. They're heavy. Have you ever been up to the peaks and tried to just nudge one of the smaller boulders scattered around the hillside? It's impossible to, to move a small boulder. Think how heavy, overwhelmingly massive a mountain is. But here in Psalm 46, whatever is going on in the life of the psalmist, it feels like a mountain falling into the sea. The unthinkable has just happened. 
And isn't this what life is like in this world? When a generation has known only peace and safety to suddenly know that real guns are firing and real bombs are falling and that people are dying at the hands of other people. It, it's shocking, like a mountain falling into the sea. Uh, growing up, my next-door neighbor had been a Spitfire pilot in the Battle of Britain. In fact, he had commanded a squadron based in Edinburgh. They'd flown down to Essex, and in, well, he took with him 45 pilots. In the first day of conflict, three of his pilots were killed. In the next six weeks, that number rose to 15 out of the 45. The average age was 22. A sudden, shocking loss of life, a mountain falling into the sea. And the experience of the psalmist was overwhelming. Verse 3, its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. I love being by the sea. Think of a summer, uh, the warm sunshine, just wading in the shallows, having fun. It's wonderful then, the sea. But the sea can also be scary and deadly. Last year, lifeboats in this country rescued 408 people who got in trouble in the sea around our islands because the sea can quickly become a place of danger. The sea can quickly overwhelm us. We are well and truly out of our depth when the storms come in. And the psalmist feels like someone stuck in the open sea, caught up in the roar and the foam, totally helpless. And this is what our world is like. When the unthinkable does happen and we are overwhelmed. Yes, when war comes, but not just war. Perhaps for some of us here today, this has been or is our personal experience. Perhaps even this morning, we know what it's like for the mountain to fall into the sea in our world. A job that we thought was secure forever suddenly gone. A relationship, a marriage that we thought was so solid suddenly shaken. The exam results that we were confident of getting but did not come. Our good health that we've enjoyed for years and years suddenly gone with one phone call from the hospital. Our reputation tarnished and gone in just a moment. Our plans for the future, our dreams, we have them all, but they can so easily come crashing down. We don't want it to be like this, do we? <laughs> we want our world to be safe and stable and predictable. But on days like today, we, as we remember, we're like the psalmist here in Psalm 46, confronted with the reality that our world is not safe. And yet, the psalmist says, verse 2, we will not fear. How is this possible? Well, verse 1 again, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. For the psalmist, knowing the Lord makes all the difference. It is the Lord who provides a refuge that can be found nowhere else in this world. And we see this being worked out in verses 4 to 6. The psalmist describes a glad city, a safe city. Despite all the mountains tumbling and waters roaring, this city is safe. Why is that? Well, verse 5, God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. Or verse 7, 
The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The city is safe, not because of the thickness of the walls, but because the Lord is present. In other words, the Lord is a refuge in the presence. That's something of the story that we heard about uh, Donald Caskey this morning and all the, the things he faced, the, the mountains falling into the sea in his life, discovering the Lord was with him even as the waters roared. This week, I came across the story of Darlene Rose. She was a missionary in Indonesia as World War II broke out. When the Japanese arrived, she was separated from her husband and taken to an internment camp. She then endured four brutal years of captivity, forced labor, near starvation, beatings, and illness. And worst of all, news came through that her beloved husband had died in a different camp. And for Darlene, the mountain fell into the sea. She did survive the war, and after a period of recovery, remarkably, she went back to Indonesia and continued being a missionary there. And later on, as she reflected back over her life and on what kept her going through those dark years, she remembered the final words her husband spoke to her as they were being torn apart. He said, remember one thing, dear. God said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. And that was her experience. Even in solitary confinement, at one point on death row itself, she wrote, the days were spent in contemplation of the goodness and presence of my God. And then quoting the famous preacher Charles Spurgeon, she, she continued, I can thank my God for every storm that has wrecked me on the rock, Jesus Christ. The Lord is a refuge in the present. Our experience of suffering and hardship may not be as dramatic as the experience of Darlene Rose. And yet there will be times, I think, for all of us in this world when our mountain falls into the sea and we feel totally overwhelmed by the waters coming at us, perhaps feeling isolated and undone. You see, the Lord doesn't promise to spare us from troubles in this life. But Psalm 46 shows us he, that he promises to keep us through those troubles. To never leave us, to never abandon us. To be our refuge in the present. And that was Darlene's experience. Many centuries after Psalm 46 was written, the Lord himself turned up in the person of Jesus. One night, his disciples, his followers, were in a little boat out on the great sea Galilee. When a storm came, they were overwhelmed by the wind and the waves. But Jesus was present with them, and he calmed the storm with a word, and he protected them, and he promised to protect them, and he protects us. And so the question for each of us today is this. As we remember whether we've been a Christian for many years or this is our first time in a church building, the question is this. Are we willing to come to Jesus and to put our lives into his hands? To trust him, 
with our present and our future. To know that whilst there may be many other offers in this world for safety and protection, only he can be a true refuge in the present. It's a wonderful offer. It's wonderful news. It makes all the difference in the present now. But the psalmist isn't finished. He begins to look beyond his present troubles. And here's our second point. The Lord will bring peace in the future. On this Remembrance Sunday, even as we see that our world is not safe, there's also great hope. Verse 9, he, the Lord, makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. In other words, one day there will be no more war. There will be a peace that never comes to an end. And it won't come about through politics or through escalating defense budgets that produces an overwhelming military advantage. No, this eternal peace will come about through the Lord's hands. It is the Lord who will do it. And this is such wonderful news. Our present may be marked by tears. The mountains might fall into the sea for now, but one day there will be peace forever. But I wonder if you noticed how this peace will come about. Verse 8 tells us, Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolation he has brought on the earth. This is not gentle persuasion from the Lord. This is forcible disarmament. This is a picture of judgment. As the Lord watches on at the turmoil and chaos caused by human war, one day he will say, enough is enough. And he will intervene through judgment to bring peace. And this is a good thing. We think of what President Putin is doing to Ukraine. The horrendous pain and sadness he is causing through the decisions he is making. And we long for someone to stop him. For someone to hold him to account. But so far no one's been able to, either from within Russia or from the global community. And it's easy to feel helpless to wonder if there will ever be a day of reckoning and accountability. Well, Psalm 46 says there will be such a day. One day the Lord will put an end to war, and he will do so through judgment. That's the context of what we read in verse 10. He says, be still and know that I am God. In many ways, a lovely verse. Perhaps the kind of verse you might see on a, on a fridge magnet to draw our eyes to a place of comfort in a busy day. Just be still. Stop running around and worrying. God's in charge. He's got it. Certainly a wonderful truth to remember. But I don't think that's quite the tone of verse 10. What's going on in Psalm 46 is much more like what used to happen in my class at school. The teacher would pop out for a few moments and chaos would ensue. Uh, gym shoes would start flying around the room. Scarves would be wound up into weapons to hit people with. There'd be people tearing around, knocking over desks and chairs, graffiti appearing all over the front of the chalkboards. You can tell my age. 
And when the teacher would come back and behold the chaos, they would shout, quiet, sit down, be still, stop mucking about in my classroom. That's more the tone here in verse 10. This world is not our world, nor is it Vladimir Putin's world, or Rishi Sunak's world, or Joe Biden's world, or any other human's. It's God's world. And although humans might fight and squabble for supremacy for a time, one day the Lord will interrupt. Enough is enough. Be still. The Lord is the one who is truly in charge. And so verse 10 continues, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And so when wars cease and weapons are laid down forever, it'll come about through the decisive judgment of the Lord such that all people see that it is through his sovereign control that this has happened. He reigns, which means there is justice coming, an end of evil, an accountability that our world desperately needs. But even as we are thankful for the peace to come, we need to acknowledge that because it comes through judgment, we need to think about our own hearts as well. Because if we're honest, the struggles for power, the greed, the selfishness, they're not just problems for some people in some parts of the world. They are problems that exist in every human heart. Our home life is a great window into the state of our hearts. And when we don't get our way, when someone thwarts our plans for the day, or we don't get treated as we think we deserve by the people around us, who here can say that we've always responded with love, kindness, and grace? Church life can be another context, another window into the, onto the state of our hearts. And again, churches can be places where there can be maneuverings and squabblings and competition, a, a desire for, for power and control. And so even as we rejoice that God will bring judgment on the nations, it's a sobering word for us all. Which is why it's such good news that before the day of desolation comes when the Lord returns, he came first to bring forgiveness. And he came to do so in the person of Jesus Christ, who laid down his life for us in the most wonderful way. On the 5th of June, 1982, Captain Gavin Hamilton was leading a two-man patrol in the Falklands when suddenly they encountered an Argentinian force. They were hopelessly outnumbered, and the only escape route was back across open land. As shots were fired, Captain Hamilton was, was hit and wounded. However, he stayed, and rather than protecting himself, he ordered his lieutenant to retreat while he provided covering fire. His lieutenant did scrabble away to safety. He was protected and made it home. But Gavin Hamilton, as he stayed, was fatally wounded and he died at the scene. A story of how one man gave his life to save another 
And in a similar but much greater way, the Lord Jesus, when he came the first time, came to lay down his life, even to death, to protect others. You see, on the cross, he died as an innocent man. He lived the perfect life, but he died in the place of guilty sinners, taking God's judgment onto himself so that through his death, we may never face God's judgment and that the offer of forgiveness is there for any of us who would accept it. This is the unique offer of the Christian gospel, the offer of protection from God's judgment, not through our good behavior or effort, but simply and fully through the actions of another who died in our place. And that is why we can look forward to the future with confidence. If we put our trust in Jesus, we know there is peace to come for us. It's not easy to remember. These days, though right, are hard. Our world is not safe. But as we remember the sacrifice of many who died for us, let's remember the Lord is a refuge in the present. And the Lord will bring peace in the future. Let me pray. Father, we recognize this morning that we are in great need for those around us who have died for us to protect us. We thank you for their service. Most of all, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, giving his life that we might live. Help us to be a people of faith who trust in him in the present turmoil and until he comes to bring peace forever. And in his name we pray. Amen.